You're listening to Now I've Heard Everything, interviews from the 80s, 90s, and 2000s with voices from the past. Probably it was the first step that helped me to be dissident and asked my uncle to let me go. Let me leave this country. I'm not happy here. I don't want to stay here. No, you have to stay here. Former Soviet elite Luba Brezhneva. Today on Now I've Heard Everything, I'm Bill Thompson. Well, some say this could be the beginning of another Cold War, or worse. Russia's invasion of Ukraine has dominated the headlines and has changed the course of world events. Perhaps not since the breakup of the Soviet Union in 1991 have Americans paid such close attention to Russia. Now, I was recently thinking about this, and it called to mind an interview I did in 1995 with a Russian woman named Luba Brezhneva. And if her last name sounds a bit familiar, it should, because her uncle was Leonid Brezhnev, who led the Soviet Union for 18 years after the ouster of Nikita Khrushchev in the early 60s. Luba was just barely out of her teens when her uncle took over control of the USSR. And in many ways, her story is simply that of a young woman trying to find her way in the world. However, Luba Brezhneva was in a unique position, and it wasn't always a pleasant position. In fact, at times it became downright dangerous when she fell in love with a military pilot from Germany. Luba eventually left the Soviet Union and came to the United States. In 1995, she wrote a book called The World I Left Behind, and that's when I had the chance to meet her. Now, it's very important that you realize the interview you're about to hear was recorded almost 27 years ago. The dust was still settling after the breakup of the Soviet Union, so the things that we discuss are not necessarily a reflection of how life in Russia is today. So here now, from 1995, Luba Brezhneva. Why did you write this book? First of all, I, I wrote this book especially for American people because... And especially now, when I, after lived here four and a half years, I understood that American people have uh, doesn't don't have the clear picture of Russia, and especially they don't understand the psychology of Russian people, and probably they still don't understand what is going on now in Russia, and. Uh, I think that for understand the situation in the former Soviet Union, it's very important to understand what were before, do you understand, mm-hmm. and to understand, to know the history. Honestly, I didn't meet here um, a lot of people who really know uh, the, hist- the Russian history. That's, and especially now, it's very important because we have some some connection, and we are very close, much closer now to each other than before. When you when you mentioned in your book that as a school child you were subjected to propaganda day after day after day, we were too. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. But any system uh, needs some propaganda. It's normal situation, because uh, what is the most important in any system is the uh, ideology, and we have your uh, your ideology. We have our ideology, and I don't think that it's it's too bad the propaganda, because it's a kind of education. The propaganda, if it's not too much, it's not is if 
uh, the propaganda doesn't look like a pressure, it's okay. Just the way to explain in which country uh, uh, you live, that's all. So, but probably in former Soviet, Soviet Union, it was too much, this propaganda. But uh, now when I, see, when I see the situation in Russia now, I understand there's probably uh, some, uh, Soviet, uh, some sides of Soviet uh, life was, uh, weren't so, so bad. For example, if uh, before I, I thought that um, it's nothing worse than this uh, pioneers uh, organization, it's a version of American Boy Scouts and Girl Scouts, uh, they, were, uh, they wore their red scarves. But now I understand that uh, um, it can be worse situation, child prostitution, for example. And it happens now in, in Russia. And like uh, some Russian journalists recently remarked that I'd rather see our children wearing their red scarves than to standing under the, the street red lamps. But yours is also a very fascinating story about a young woman growing up. Yeah. Uh, no matter who you are or what country you're in, there is there's good human drama in this story. Yeah. I'm just, you know, I'm just a um, Russian woman, but probably I was in some special position because I was a niece of general secretary. It means the first person in the country. So, and probably my life was more dramatic than the life or the other Russian women. But I think that any Russian woman has her uh, tragedy because the life there was always very hard, especially for Russian women. But I was in a special position to observe the, observe the lives of leaderships. Uh, uh, leadership, that's, that's all. And I had some bad experience uh, with, uh, uh, with KGB agents because I fell in love with foreigner, with uh, military pilot from Germany. So, and I was I beaten up. They, yeah. didn't, they didn't like that. Uh, yeah, they didn't <laughs> like that. Especially if you're a niece of, if you're a relative, one of the relatives of this family. <laughs> So even my uncle couldn't understand. He wasn't able to understand me. He asked me many times, we, we have a lot of Russian men here in, in Moscow. You can choose any of them. You're attractive, you're intelligent, you're charming. Just do it, that's all. He refused to understand me. Even my parents refused to understand me. I was alone. But this happens to teenage girls or girl, uh, women in their 20s. All the time. <laughs> this is this is oh, yeah. this is normal. Every no father ever understands his yeah, daughter. Yeah, but the situation was a little bit different because he was uh, from the from Germany. Because it, it was only one reason why they disliked him. Because not because he was bad or awful or I don't know, uh, not because he he were absolutely sure that I won't be happy with him. No, just because he was from Germany. It's not the reason to stop the marriage and to ruin two lives. It's not the reason. That's terrible. Does it feel to you like it has been 30 years? Believe me, it's still painful to talk about this. Yeah. 
there's a lot of pain in your book. I try to be open and honest, but you know what? It's still very painful to talk about this. And I was, I think that I didn't tell everything about this story because it was painful even to write about this. I think that's, I, um, you know, that's um, uh, probably, I was broken on some way and it was really a big shock for me and probably it was the reason why I start, after this, I start to, uh, to, to look around me with different eyes. Uh, probably it was the first step when I start to understand that something is wrong. It's not normal. If my uncle, if my father refused to understand me, they refused to see me happy, it means that something is wrong in all this system. And uh, because I know, I, I, I knew that my uncle and my father uh, were very nice people. And, and they loved me a lot and they wanted to see me happy. But if they refuse to, to, to let me go there or to Germany, it means that they depended on this system. It means it, it was the very big shock for me that I knew that my uncle is the first person in the country and he is under control of KGB. And um, by telling um, about my bad experience with uh, uh, and with agents of KGB, I tried to demonstrate how kind of relationships were between uh, Communist Party uh, leadership and between uh, KGB agents. Do you understand? And I, uh, I describe this relationship like the, the it's like the relationships between. Uh, uh, between the, the wife and the husband who uh, disliked each other and even hated uh, hate each other, but at the same time they, they cannot live without each other. So they are, the KGB and the Communist Party, they were always interdependent. After this short break, the secret plot that Luba Brezhneva revealed for the first time in her book. back to my 1995 conversation with Luba Brezhneva. Was it about that time that you first thought about coming to the West? Yeah, probably after this, a little bit, yeah, because after Helmut left Moscow, I was very, very sick and, and probably four months. And after this, I start to, to think and to see clearly the situation. And probably it was the first step uh, after, uh, that's helped me to to be dissident, yeah, and asked my uncle to let me go. If if you dislike me, if you are happy with me, if I'm a l'enfant terrible and a terrible child, but let me go. Let me leave this country. I'm not happy here. I don't want to stay here. No, you have to stay here. Were they afraid you would embarrass the family? Yeah, they... Um, one time he he said to me, you know how many problems I have with my children, with my daughter, with my son, you know, that they drank a lot, and with my father too. 
but you're smart, intelligent, nice person. Why to give me so many trouble too? <laughs> you know, one of the one of the stories that I was most fascinated by was when your father confided in you the plot to overthrow Nikita Khrushchev. Why did he tell you about these plans? Do you suppose? I think this. Uh, the main reason why he involved me in this situation was that he w- he felt he was very very lonely there because he just moved from his native city from his native town to Moscow and you know he didn't feel to be on on right place and he, I think that he he needed somebody uh, with whom he could share his feelings, his thoughts, and he chose me. I don't know. We were very close friends. But he knew you would keep the secret. Oh yeah, he was absolutely sure. Is this the first time that you've first time did you reveal the yeah, secret? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You kept and the secret it for or not, thir- what, 30, thirty-four, time. thirty-five years. Yeah, because first of all, um, I didn't have any reason to talk about this. And uh, uh, nobody didn't ask me about the situation. <laughs> and at that time, I thought it's, it's normal. Who, who cares about this? Now probably I understand it's, it's really, it was a very important event for, for the Soviet Union. But at that time, don't forget, I was just a young woman. That's all. I didn't understand anything in politics. And my father and my uncle were just uncle and father. That's all. And until, um, until this problem with, uh, with this marriage with uh, German man, I didn't think about politics, about system. I was like, like everybody around me. Probably... Probably I was a little bit different because my mother, you know, my mother was from noble family and she really hated this Soviet system because all my ancestors were killed during the revolution. After the revolution, my, grand, great, my great-grandfather was colonel of Kazakh's army and he was killed. My grandfather was killed during the war. War, and my my mother and her uh, two sisters and one brother didn't have any parents, so their life was very difficult, really difficult. They were from the very rich and noble family, and then they were very poor, and and you know what was the the situation with noble with the uh, the members of noble families after revolution they even couldn't go to study in the in the colleges and the university even in the soviet school mm. and my grand my grandfather uh, must uh, cancel his uh, his uh, background and it was a terrible situation are you glad you wrote this book I know now I I see differently in my book. If I could write this book now, it it will it it would look differently. I think that's now I'm able to write more interesting book. But it's okay. 
I plan to write uh, the second book about America, how I see America, how I see American people, about your problems, about the problems of immigration, of Russian immigration too. And I have a lot of ideas. I, I think that America really taught me to be more serious and to feel more, more responsible. And I know what is doesn't mean the responsibility here, how, how it's how it's important to be professional in any business. Luba Brezhneva is 79 now. She lives in California and still writes. And you can find easy Amazon links to her book at our website, heardeverything.com. And while you're at heardeverything.com, be sure to listen to my interview with the one-time Soviet spokesman to the West, Vladimir Posner. Gorbachev could have made it much easier had he made the right decisions instead of playing to both the left and the right, the conservatives and the liberals, and ultimately losing the support of both. And my 1987 conversation with another Russian, on, on a quite a bit lighter note, comedian Yakov Smirnov. Somebody called me and said, come on over, we'll chew the fat. I said, yeah, that sounds like necking with Russian woman or something. <laughs> oh, man. And of course, we post new episodes here every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. And you can find Now I've Heard Everything on all major podcast platforms. And thanks for listening. Next time on Now I've Heard Everything, a major Hollywood figure who's also a pretty good writer. My 2003 interview with... Barry Levinson. I never rule out anything because I never thought I was going to write a screenplay. I never thought that I was going to direct. I never thought I was going to write sketch comedy. <laughs> so I never thought I would do any of those things. So to say where is it going to go in the future and what that's going to be, I don't know. That's next time on Now I've Heard Everything. I'm Bill Thompson. Bill Thompson.